Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. All right, all right. Well, I'm excited to, to be here with you guys tonight. I'm um, just so grateful for the Lord. So the, the topic we're talking about is ministry to Jesus, and um, I got a three for the last few days. So he, he does this every now and again where, um, you know, the message I'm preparing or a message, you know, someone's about to teach, and there's all these moments in our prayer room where it's like the worship leader starts singing what I'm, I'm writing. Um, so that, that song that Iana um, did... Uh, just now, uh, move your heart. Like that's a, a point in my in my notes, and I was like, she's she's she read my notes ahead of time. And Christy had a set yesterday where I was literally writing and talking to the Lord about Psalm 100, and she starts singing Psalm 100, and I'm like, Lord, you're so kind, Caitlin. This afternoon, same thing. She was singing on the piano, like we gotta be like Mary and just stay at His feet. And I'm just like, Amen. That's what I'm talking about tonight. So, um, if anything, I'm encouraged and I'm I'm excited. Um, so I'm just grateful for the Lord just doing that, even in preparing my heart and getting me excited about this message. So, um, with that, I'm just gonna pray, and then we're gonna uh, dive into the notes here. Lord, we <clears throat> we love you, God. We thank you for thank you that we get to do this each week, Father. We get to come before you and worship together and. Um, laugh and minister and um, just open up your word. I pray that you would come with wisdom, revelation, that spirit of wisdom and revelation. You'd be our teacher, our helper tonight. Lord, we just say we love you, we bless you. In Jesus' name, (coughs) amen. Amen. Okay, so this is uh, entitled Ministry to Jesus. And uh, I was just thinking about um, what to talk about. One of the things that um, um, our teachers here, we, when Brad's out of town, we love to, um, not always, but we love to focus, um, as he often goes, end times and that uh, type of direction. We love to, uh, to focus, at least in this season, of, of just some, uh, some stir you up, um, vision casting um, content that hopes, the hope is that it would fuel what you guys are doing in this prayer room, that it would remind you of, of truths and just reignite a fire in your heart and so... Just as I, as I was thinking about what to share tonight, um, I wanted to go this direction, ministry to Jesus. So um, if you ask you know, anyone around here, like, what's our number one mandate? Our number one mandate is, anyone know? Fire on the altar. Good answer. You got it. So fire on the altar. Um, and what, what weird, interesting term. It's in the Bible, but interesting term. But um, what is the fire on the altar? Like, what is the purpose of that? It's It's... A lot of things, but primarily it's actually this message. It's, it, we keep the fire because it's, it's pleasing to the Lord. It's ministry to Jesus. And so we sustain that uh, so that we can minister to Jesus. It's all about him. And so in a lot of ways, this, uh, this message is really uh, just reminding us of the main thing we do around here. And it's, you know, it's from the Lord's perspective. When he you know, launched Brad in 2005, started a daily prayer meeting tomorrow morning, don't stop till I come back. He gave the commission um, from the Lord's perspective. This is the primary, you know, assessment that heaven's going to um, give of us. Going to going to assess this ministry by is did did TPR did did they actually minister to me? Not not just did they did they come into the room? Grateful for that faithfulness, but but did they <clears throat> did they reach for that pure offering and an increasingly more pure and more pure and more pure offering through the years? You know, did they coast? Did they let off? Did they keep reaching for me? Um, heaven's going to give that assessment of us. Um, that's what we're going to get uh, as a, a body and then individuals who are part of this ministry. 
And so um, I just think it's great if that's what we're being graded by or uh, what Jesus is looking for. Like, it's, it's probably a smart idea to talk a little bit about this mandate, this thing that we're doing, and encourage our hearts, give us some, um, some practicals of what does that mean? What does that look like? What are some of the ways that we can, we can do that better? <clears throat> so that's kind of the direction for the, the message tonight. And then one of the things we have going against us is that our flesh really has a hard time, uh, we get better at it, but really has a hard time uh, coming in this room, sitting in a blue chair, praying to an invisible God. That's not something our flesh normally gets excited about. And so this, this mandate that's most important for the Lord is, is really challenging to our flesh. And so we need, we need vision, we need encouragement. And so I, I, my, my prayer has been that this is a message tonight that, that fuels that in, in our community. Okay, so yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna cover a little bit here uh, briefly in this first Roman numeral, just looking a little bit at from the Bible what what does ministry to God mean? What does that look like? Let's get a little bit of of background. If we're saying this whole message is called ministry to Jesus, let's talk a little bit about what that is. Um, from there, we're gonna go on to um, just the concept of putting Him first, of putting Jesus first. We'll talk about some different ways. Uh, in the Bible, um, different ways that we can actually minister to God because there's lots of different ways, different avenues that we can uh, just bless different parts of his heart. So we'll look at those. And then uh, I want to end with just some a survey, a little bit of some, uh, not an exhaustive list, but some, I think, helpful perspectives for a community that's on a journey of trying to minister to Jesus. I just want to give us some, you know, one, two, three encouraging words um, before we head out the door here in a little while. <clears throat> okay, sound good? All right, so this first one, uh, a shift in our understanding of ministry. So if you, you know, you ask, you know, most believers in America, um, uh, you know, what, what is, what does the word ministry mean? We think of, you know, praying for the people on the street. We think of the, you know, some churches do prayer lines, come up after the service, you know, get prayer from the ministry team, um, you know, all those things that sharing the gospel, praying for people, all those things are absolutely um, ministry, absolutely like part of this. Um, and I think um, as important as those things are, I think we're a little imbalanced on actually the, what does the Bible give as the priority of ministry? What, is, what does the Bible say? And we'll look at it here in a little bit, but <clears throat> the Bible actually gives the, the, the first uh, mention of the word ministry and the most times it's used in the Bible is actually ministry to God. And so we're going to look at that. And so I think as a church, we're, um, we obviously have room to grow, but I think we're, we're pretty good at uh, the concept of ministry to others. And for uh, whatever reason, I don't know the church history or when we you know, kind of got a little imbalanced, but the, the idea of ministering to God, um, most circles, that's a weird idea. If you just go up to someone, you're like, I'm a minister to God. They look at you like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to someone else in this meet and greet time. Um, and so that, that's unfortunate, but that's just like real. Like, let's not pretend and, and like, let's just be real. I think it's beneficial to be real. Um, so again, ministry to people is good. It's just I think we're a little imbalanced in neglecting ministry to the first thing, ministry to the Lord. And so this first one, uh, addressing the lie. I think, you know, Satan, he's the, he's the, the master, uh, uh, he's master of lying. He's, he's the, the accuser of the brethren. He's, he's crafty. He's sneaky. And he has, 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 has um, just stuck in this lie that, that somehow ministry to man is more important to ministry to God. And 
not just more important, but, but he's, he's stuck in this lie. There's this, this accusation in our hearts, if we could all be honest. And even us in the prayer movement, we have a little bit of this, that ministry to man is like the gold standard. And ministry to God is kind of insignificant, kind of not that important, kind of not that cool. Um, you know, if you're having a family gathering at Thanksgiving or whatever, or Christmas coming up, you know, and someone asks you about what you do, um, just our, our hearts, and myself included, we get a little defensive or a little, like, gun-shy about, like, talking to ministry to God, and we focus on, you know, yeah, we do 154 hours, but then we do an internship, and we are equipping, and, and so, like, my question is, like, like why do our hearts, um, and again, myself included, why, like, why are we gun-shy, why are we um, fearful of telling people about this, this concept of ministry to the Lord? Like, why are we a little bit ashamed or a little bit embarrassed of that? Um, I know I am, um, <clears throat> even after all these years of doing it. And so I think um, we just need the Lord's help to, to mature in that way. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a, a conversation once with a, a friend of mine and lover of Jesus. This man is incredible, wise, humble, um, senior pastor of a church. And I was telling him about what I do in prayer room and stuff. And he was listening, nodding his head. And then um, at the end of the conversation, he said something surprising to me. He he said, he's like, yeah, I see, I see that prayer is important to you. And he's like, I get what you're, I get what you're saying, but like, shouldn't we as a church, like go out and like actually do stuff, like go and minister to people and share the gospel and take care of this. And then he went on this like 10 minutes of all these good things. Um, and so he didn't, he didn't directly say it, but the, what I heard was prayer is not important. Let's go actually, actually do stuff. And um, again, this this man he's, he loves Jesus, but in that moment for me, it was a, it was an ouchie. It was like a, it was a like Lord, that that's a little bit painful. Um, just that, and again, not against him, but just that perspective that many carry that like prayer as an insignificant work. Um, and so, um, I just want to move on to uh, point B here: the first and the most. Okay, so um, it's important uh, any topic that we approach. Uh, we want to make the Bible uh, the 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 uh, the thing that informs our understanding of that concept the most. So if the concept is mercy, uh, we don't want to Google what does mercy mean. Define you know Webster dictionary. We want we want the Bible to define how we see things. And so this this concept of of ministry, same thing. We want to look okay. What does the Bible say? Um, what does the law of first mention? A lot of times the the first time Scripture mentions stuff, it's kind of like the the apex or the epitome of, of that concept that it, it develops in the rest of Scripture. Uh, so the first and the most we see, um, I gave you Exodus 28 down there at the bottom. Uh, the first mention of the word ministry is this verse from Exodus 28, 43. It says, And they shall be on Aaron and his sons when they go into the tent of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place. So they're, they're actually ministry. That's Talking about the, the, the Old Testament priesthood, they're coming to minister in the holy place, coming to minister to God. And so it, it gives us that definition, just the context explains that a little bit more. Um, and then just the, the bulk, if you, you do a word search on the word uh, ministry in your Bible, it, it primarily talks about this concept of ministry to the Lord. Um, and we see it here in, in the New Testament priesthood, Hebrews 15, um, although we don't offer you know, the, the blood of uh, bulls and goats and that kind of thing anymore. We do offer a sacrifice of praise, Hebrews 13, 15. 
So the first mention and the most is ministry to God. Uh, there's other, this other principle that uh, um, I like to call the new beginnings principle. When, whenever there's like a, a new beginning or a new shift in scripture, kind of a new, uh, a new chapter of, of the history, um, I think a lot of times the Lord takes advantage of that to kind of re-communicate what he cares about, what his priorities are. And so these, these moments in scripture where there's, there's new chapters, um, when we stare at them, and we, especially when we stare at them and we see repeated themes, it, it, it tells us a lot about the Lord's heart. So this first one, the calling of a nation. So God just got done. You can turn your page. Um, this is Exodus 19. I'll just go ahead and read it first. <clears throat> the Lord called him out of the mountains, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession. For the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. Kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So he just got done delivering them from the, uh, from the, uh, the Egyptians. And now there's new nations out in the wilderness. And they're like, okay, God, what's next? Like, that was cool what you did, but now what do we do? Uh, that's a really valid question. I would ask the same thing if I was them. And he, he right from the get-go, he defines them. You guys are holy nation to me. You're actually set apart to be priests, to minister to me. That's one of the primary things that you, nation of Israel, are going to do and going to be about. Kingdom of priests. So next, uh, the condition for returning to the land. So this is fast forward a good bit through history, but uh, when Israel uh, was getting returned back from uh, the exile in Babylon, um, the craziest thing happened. God gave the a wicked king uh, a word from the Lord, uh, King Cyrus. Uh, I'll read it for you, Ezra 1 says, King Cyrus, the king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me, remember, lost king, he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem. And skip down a little bit, it says, whoever is among you, may his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord. A little bit later, he says, They'll offer free will offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. So this is, this is the kind of the green light that he gives to anyone who wants it. You can go from Babylon, you can stop being captives, and you can go back to Jerusalem. But you have to do, you have to do one thing. You have to rebuild the house of God. You have to rebuild this place that's set apart for ministering to God. So here, again, through a wicked Gentile king, it's just the wildest thing, but God's highlighting. He says, you guys are, remember that kingdom of priests things? Well, as I bring you back in the land, that's my priority again. And then the next piece, uh, another new beginnings <clears throat> moment that's still yet to come. I'll just hit this real fast, but on, in all of eternity, we've never been in eternity before. We've never had resurrected bodies. We've never had Jesus ruling on the earth. All that's still to come. Um, but he says that we're going to be, actually, we're going to be priests forever. So as far as like, okay, new beginning, everything is made new. What now? Jesus is like, you guys are going to be priests forever. You're going to minister to me forever. A Revelation 1, he's made us a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. To him be the glory and power, dominion forever and ever. So just a little bit of, of Bible background there. That, that, that 
concept of ministry to God is there at the beginning, and it's all throughout the, the major uh, moments, and this is not the only ones, but kind of the major moments where God is doing something new in, with Israel. It's, he's always reminding them, ministry to me, ministry to me, ministry to me, as the priority. Okay, putting him first, top of page three. So now, now I'm getting, going from Bible land to um, TPR land, uh, just personal, present day. Our greatest calling, our highest privilege is ministry to Jesus. And that's, that's really, if I, can, if I can stir up that, uh, that concept or that, not just understanding with our minds, but if I can get at least one person in this room, like our heart's a little more connected to that. Our, our, there's no greater purpose in life than to love God and to make much of this king that created us that sustained us, you know, he has our breath in his hands. He could, you know, just snap his fingers and then we all die. Um, he sustains us. He saved us. Like, he's got this long list of amazing things that he's done for us. Like, he is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of getting the thing that he desires. Um, and so if, if I can get our hearts connected to that, that's that's my main uh, uh, purpose of uh, this note. these notes tonight is, like, ministry to Jesus is our greatest calling, our greatest privilege um, and not, not that we would just see it as something that's part of our life, but we'd see ministry to Jesus actually as an end, that we would be content. It's not we're going to minister to Jesus so that revival comes. We're not we're, not, we're going to minister to Jesus so that I get healed and delivered. Like, I want revival. I want myself to grow in the Lord. But ministry as an end. We're going to minister to Jesus, period. End of sentence. Like, that's, that's I want to, like, I'm reaching for or longing for a community, and myself included, that, that ministry to Jesus is the end. It's the goal. Um, like the week offering that we're doing in here, obviously we want more of God's presence and a greater connection, but that there is no like better thing than, you know, two or three people in the room ministering to Jesus. Guys, that's, that's where it's at. That's, that is not a lesser thing. That is not, it is a day of small beginnings because there's not a lot of people around, but like that is the highest calling we'll ever get, ministry to Jesus. It's not like we're going to endure small beginnings and then we're going to arrive someday. It's like we get to, partake in this now, ministry to Jesus. And so, um, again, like we, we can do that if he blesses us. We can do that if uh, the promises that he's given us aren't anywhere to be seen and we're confused. He can do that when we're getting beaten up. He can do that in the, we can do that in the great tribulation. Like no matter what life is, where we're at, good, bad, hard, easy, fun, depressing, like we can always stay in this place of ministry to Jesus and nothing, nothing can touch us. Life may, you know, ebb and flow and up and down, but if we'll carry that, like in every season, I get to come here and give my week offering to Jesus and that there's nothing better than that. Like we can, we can carry that through every season of life. It's just amazing. Well, uh, I just want to talk about some foundational principles here in this one, uh, this section here. So this is Isaiah 56. This is the passage in context where said, Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer. Um, well, he actually quotes this in uh, Matthew 21. Uh, but before that, before he says, my house will be a house of prayer, there's this, this uh, sentence there underlined. I'll read it for you. I just think it's a, each one of these phrases is a great uh, content to chew on and great uh, kind of like a, a a pledge that we can make to the Lord, and I'm going to minister to you in these different ways. So it says, the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants. 
So this first one, to join ourselves to the Lord, I'm sure, I don't have all the answers, so I'm sure it means more things than this, but when I think of once you join ourselves to the Lord, it's, it's that whole, you know, cry of John the Baptist, you know, you must, or I must decrease, Lord, so you can increase. You know, I'm, I would, my life would die, I would lose my life, so I find you. I would trade, you know, a, a self-seeking, self-focused life of an American. I would trade that for a heart that's after your glory, that's after your desires. So joining ourselves to the Lord, it's like we're trading all of the yearnings of our heart and our things that we want to do, our ambitions, we're trading that for yours. We're connecting our hearts to yours, and now we're, we're beating with your heart. So we're ministering to the Lord by joining our hearts to him. So I gave you, I think, uh, another way of saying this in the Song of Solomon. It just talks about uh, Song of Solomon 4.12. It says, a garden a garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed, so that concept of a private garden, that we're, we're Jesus' private garden. The king has this hidden away treasure that no one has access to except for the, the king, and it's beautiful and ornate and groomed, and all the flowers are just amazing. That's, that's us. We can be this, this garden to the Lord, the secret garden. Well, next, we're going to uh, minister to him, and this is, this is central that we, as priests, we get, to, we get to bless the heart of God. We get to minister to him. Um, and when I think of this in our world, again, TPR, um, I'm thinking um, kind of the perspective shift is we, we don't only come to this room to receive. Again, I like that. I want to feel God. I want to hear his voice. Um, but we don't come only to receive. We actually come primarily thinking, Lord, I, I get to give to you in this room. I get to give to you my love. I get to give to you a weak heart that doesn't really want to be here today or is tired or is distracted. Uh, I get, so we're, we're coming as priests who minister to him, we're actually giving the ministry of giving something to the Lord. And just the beautiful thing, the way he set it up is that as we make, if we make that our aim, as we, we think about when we come into this room, Lord, what can I give to you? He'll bless us and he'll, we'll receive in response to that. I promise you, if you, if you bless him, he will bring it back uh, 10 times stronger um, upon us. So we'll receive as we have that posture. But it's just a different perspective when we come in thinking, you know, what can God do for me today as opposed to come in like, what, like Jesus, what can I give you? What do you want to hear me sing about today? What songs, what verses, like what, what, do, you, like, what do you want to hear? And we just, we just stay in that. Every, every, um, you know, every time we come in this room, we're, we're thinking with that, that lens of how we spend our prayer room time. You know, you guys know the story, but Mary at Bethany, you know, uh, Mark 13 and other places, she broke the jar uh, and perfume and poured it on his head. Um, just she, she gave that, that gift to Jesus and um, uh, she, you know, poured out this expensive jar and the disciples were like, why did you waste it? Why We could have given it to the poor. And Jesus was like, no, like that. Pouring out everything on me is, is worthy, is noble, is it's fitting and I receive it. And so just another uh, verse that kind of informs this language, Psalm 45, two, 1 and 2, my heart overflows with a pleasing theme. So when we minister to Jesus, we come in this room and just give him that overflowing heart. Um, I love Luke Cooper's been reaching recently for just the, the time right before the intercession sets where he's just spending two or three minutes just overflowing heart, just singing about whatever 
good God, things come up. Like that's, that's part of that. It's just this, we minister him with this overflowing heart. We're singing about these noble themes about Jesus as fairer than the sons of man. We're, we're giving our songs to him in this way. We're ministering to the Lord. I love this next one, uh, love, to love the name of the Lord. So we're, we're clinging to him. We're, you know, when, when someone's, um, we're just delighting in his name and his character, who he is. We're, we're loving the name of the Lord. We're saying, you are my greatest treasure. You're the, you're the pearl of greatest prize that I'm after. It's, it's you, Jesus. I want to love your name. I want to grow to know you more and just see all the different facets of your beauty. We're reaching for Loving the name of the Lord. Again, that's just one that is just good to pace back here and whisper to the Lord. Like, Lord, help me to love the name of the Lord. Show me what that means. And then the final one, kind of in these foundational principles of ministry to God, is we're, we're to be his servants. So we're, uh, we're to joyfully love and obey the Lord. We're not just hearing his word, but we're, we're doing it. We're not just waiting and listening and then he speaks to us. But we're, we're taking those words and we're doing those things. Um, so we know that his commandments, 1 John 5, his commandments um, are not burdensome. and says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. So we, we minister to him by setting our hearts to be his servants. Okay, moving on. The ministry of listening, Roman numeral 2. Um, uh, I was telling some people before, I don't really like to give movie references in sermons because some people have never seen the movie and they're like, now I feel isolated, but I'm going to do it, so sorry. Uh, but it's Christmas time and I thought of the Home Alone movie. You guys ever seen that? It's pretty funny, right? Yes, JC has. So the Home Alone movie, I'm thinking of the first movie where they, they, they come into this mansion, they order pizza, and the pizza guy comes in the door and he's like, I got pizza, who do I pay? Or who's going to pay? And just everyone in the house is just running around, doing their own thing. And the pizza guy is just standing there like, like he's being completely ignored. Like no one is listening to him. And uh, silly analogy, but um, if you didn't know this about the Lord, he, he doesn't like being ignored either. You know, do you like being ignored when you're trying to talk and people are just not ignoring or ignoring you? It's real fun. Um, no, everyone hates being ignored. And so Jesus, um, again, I think, myself included, we're really good at talking to God, but listening to God, that's, that's a little tough. Um, but he, he is the most wise, brilliant king. He's got so many things that he wants to do and share about himself. And I think a lot of times we're just not listening and it just, it just passes by. And so the, the, I, I love this, 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 just the title. It's the, actually the ministry of listening. So this concept is we're not we're not um, just listening for ourselves. I love to do that. You know, Lord, speak to me. What are you doing? The situation, help me. We want to do that. But this is uh, actually something a little bit different. We're, we're actually listening for his sake. So we're not saying, Lord, tell me something. We're saying, like, Lord, um, like, what do you want to talk about? What, what do you want to show me? What are you, what are you doing? So we're, we're, we're approaching him with this, this posture of, I'm not going to talk for a little bit. I'm just going to listen wait on you, give you a chance to do, say, speak, whatever. Uh, again, Jesus uh, has so much to share, and he loves that posture of people uh, coming to minister to him by listening. So this first one, uh, sitting at his feet, we know this verse, Luke 10, 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the, feet of, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to 
then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away. So Jesus calls the ministry of listening the good portion, the good portion, the good thing, kind of the, uh, the kind of top priority, if, if you will. Um, and so um, I just think, and this is the one that um, I think Caitlin was singing about. There's like, we want to, there's like this, this lie that we want to be, we want to be productive. And so we're in this prayer room. It's like sitting and listening and waiting and not hearing a lot from God right away. It seems like the most unproductive way to spend our time because we're like, I'm listening, I'm hearing nothing, I'm wasting my time. And that seems logical, but it's completely wrong. That is not at all wasting your time. And again, a lie of the enemy that he's like sitting and listening to God, giving him room, that's a waste of time. You're, you're, you could be productive doing things. You could be doing all sorts of other things that God would care about. And that's, that's a lie. Like the ministry of listening, I think, is one of the, the most noble of ministries, actually. Um, and it takes spiritual violence to actually stay in that place of we're listening and it feels unproductive. It feels like I'm wasting my time. I'm more oppressed as I'm listening than when I came in. But like it takes spiritual violence and faith to stay in that place and have that resolve and say, no, I am going to stay here. I'm going to minister to the Lord. And so quieting down our spirit, we just get thrown into all sorts of furnace and testing. And it's really, it's really an interesting thing that God set up. Well, this next part, I told you that the, the um, listening is, is, is honorable. Well, this next part, the dignity of attentiveness. So I love this one. There's this uh, really important angel. His name is Gabriel. He's kind of the big deal. He's Mr. Gabriel. Uh, he's like famous up there. All the other angels are like, he walks by. They're like, that was Gabriel. Like, oh my gosh, his wing touched me. Like, like they're freaking out. Gabriel is a superstar, legend, influencer in the angelic world. Like he's the man. And Gabriel, he does some stuff in the Bible. We see, you know, he appears to uh, Mary, uh, Jesus' mom, and stuff like that. He appears to Daniel. He does some stuff, but his primary job occupation is a little different than I think we expect. So let me, let me, and I'm not saying it, Gabriel himself, he's saying it, okay? So if you have an issue, just talk to Gabriel about it. But this is top of page five. This is Luke 1, 19. Um, I think this is actually when he comes to Mary. Um, so it says, then the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel. Now he says what he does. He says, this is what I do. He says, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak the good news to you. And so it's like, Gabriel's like, my job is I just stand before God and I listen and I wait. And whatever he tells me, I do. And then if he doesn't tell me, then I just stand there and I listen and I wait. Like this is the most, one of the most powerful angels, the guy, like couldn't even be doing something more productive like going and, you know, taking care of that principality in the 1040 window so like stuff would happen. Like couldn't he like do that or shift things in their city or like deliver, you know, human trafficking victims? Like couldn't he go do that? Like, yes, he could, but he's like his most noble ministry and his, his heart is, backwards from Mars. He's like, I'm going to, like, my job is to stand in the presence of God, and I'm just going to listen, and I'm going to, just that ministry, the dignity of attentiveness. I just love that. Uh, so we can, we can listen. Um, and so uh, just with that, like, we, we get to enter into this. It's, it's a little bit different language, but the same idea. We get to do the Gabriel thing. Um, this is Proverbs 8, 34. 
John Stokes knows this verse a little bit. Praise it all the time. Uh, Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. I just love that. It's, it's God saying, now it's us. We're doing the Gabriel thing, this posture of the ministry of listening. We're just waiting. We're, we're just there with the Lord. Lord, what do you want to speak? Some days he's going to say things. Some days he's going to not say things, but it's that posture of a heart that's like, I'm not, I'm going to slow down the, 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 you know, the train in my mind that wants to just take off and do a million things. I'm just going to slow down and just sit here and be still before the Lord. And we, you know, we can't make God talk. I don't know if you knew that or not, but you can't make God talk, but we can't listen. And we can be assured that when we're listening, um, when he talks, we can hear him. Because if we're not listening and God's talking, well, then we're not hearing. But so it's our role to listen, and then God will do his part and talk to us. Just another uh, uh, related to this, this is Psalm 130. It says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. That's a lot, by the way. Those poor guys have to stay awake in the middle of the night. More than the watchman. So look, he's saying, I, I wait for the Lord. I just wait for attentiveness. Like, wait, what's he going to say? What's he going to speak? What's he going to ask? I mean, just this, this yearning to stay there in that place of ministering by listening, by being quiet. Okay. Let's go down to quality, quality time. So anyone ever heard of the five love languages? It's a great book. Um, I don't know them all, but I, maybe I should. But anyway, I know one of them. One of them is quality time. Uh, and so I think God is a quality time kind of guy. He, I think he's all of them. But, but he loves quality time. And so, again, when, we're, when we think of ministry, I'm going to do the ministry of listening thing. Really, the main goal isn't actually to hear God, as weird as it sounds. The main goal is time with God. Quality time, again, where you're just, you're just there with the Lord. Like, I'm, I'm thinking from his perspective, he doesn't get most excited when he, like, speaks and then we hear and do stuff. He gets most excited about just we're, we're there with him. We're there. Like, the one that he loves most, the one that he, he wants to see our face and hear our voice. And we can be doing a million things. And he's like, they came and they're listening to me. And they're like, an American that's not talking? And their phone is in their pocket? What? Amazing amazing. Like God is like, he's like, they're, they're listening to me. They're waiting for me. I just think that from his perspective, it's, it's that quality time. He's like, they're, they're there with me. Every, every minute he, he treasures every minute. Again, when we, when we hear him, when we're there and we're distracted and we're trying to listen and we're feeling more oppressed, <laughs> like in that moment, he's like, I love that heart that's reaching for me. We're ministering to Jesus as we listen. Well, this next one, reaching for the emotions of God. Um, I love this one too. There's, there's just certain things in the kingdom you can't get on the fly. You, it takes time. It takes focus. Uh, and five minutes a day just isn't, isn't going to cut it. Um, and so this is one of them. Like God, he's, he's an emotional being. He's got these deep, complex, you know, just things in his heart that you stare at at first glance and you're like, just over, you can't even like process like, how could you feel that, God? But if we sit there in the tension of these things, um, you know, that's where, that's where the gold is at, is we, we wrestle with these, these complexities of his heart. So this is, um, I'll just read the verse, uh, Matthew 26, right before Jesus goes to the cross. You better believe he had a lot on his heart as he's about to give up his life for the ones he loves. Kind of a 
you know, it's probably, I think, why he was sweating blood, because he, he was just really intense in that moment, a lot that was going on, <laughs> a lot of going on, spiritual, I mean, that was an intense moment, and we find him in that intense moment, you guys know, what, who does he have there? He, he's got his disciples, he says, sit, sit here while I go over there and pray, and then he says, in talking with him, um, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled, so he's bringing up these complex emotions, they don't know what's going on, but he's, he's getting emotional, he's getting, you know, he's starting to grieve and starting to just wear it on his face and his emotions, happy Jesus, is something's going on today. And so he's beginning to be sorrowful and he says, um, his soul is sorrowful even unto death. And he says to them, he says, remain here and watch with me. He's saying, guys, I want, I don't want to, in the, the complexities of my emotions, I don't, I don't want to be alone. He's like, I want my bride, I want the ones I love here with me, sitting at my feet. And so, you know, in these end times that we're, we're all part of, um, um, like these, it's another time like the cross where Jesus has so much complexities of his heart. I gave you one example with the nation of Israel here. Um, Jeremiah, he's like, I love Israel. And in order to get Israel to where they love me, some really intense things are going to happen. And he's conflicted in this verse. Um, it says, is, is Ephraim my dear son? Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, that's the context is judgments. He's speaking against them, judgments and difficulties. It says, for as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I surely will have mercy on him, declares the Lord. And so when we're doing the ministry of listening, we're coming before him with the complexities of like, you love Israel and you're going to send judgments. That's complex. Like, Lord, show, like, share your heart. Don't keep it all to yourself. I love you, Jesus. Let, let me be joined to you and let me feel that because we, don't, we, don't, we can't connect with that on the fly. It makes zero sense. But if we sit there, we'll be more and more and more as we listen and be still and meditate. He'll, he'll fill us with the knowledge of his will and we'll enter into that partnership which will fuel Love and intercession and all these amazing things. Okay, this next one, uh, pushing past the struggle as we uh, minister to the Lord with listening. Um, again, I told you all, all sorts of things are going to come up, uh, especially as you, you start it. Like you're going to, well, I just let you, it's, it's, gonna, it's, it's a bit of a journey. I remember when I was first learning to hear God's voice, I was living in Kansas City. I was doing living in an apartment with a bunch of guys and it was just so loud and guy all the time and just just not a good place to like listen to God <laughs> learn and so I would go to this this dingy uh, dingy uh, unfinished basement that was in the, the Hearn Hut complex if you guys if you guys have ever been there, been there. Um, unfinished basement and I would just go down there and sit in this little corner um, and the laundry machine was over there so I feel real bad for the guy who comes down the stairs and then there's like some dude in the corner just sitting there. It's really creepy. But I was, that was like the only place I could, be, I could be silent before the Lord. So I'd go down there and I was trying to do like 30 minutes and I'd have a little note card next to me to try to write, you know, whatever. And I don't think I, I don't think to, the, to my, this day, I don't recall um, all the times I did that. I don't think I ever heard God. I think every single time I went, I was like, I left more frustrated and like, oh my gosh, what the biggest waste of time ever. Like I'm distracted. Now I'm depressed. Now I'm angry. It's like, Wow, that was, so like, that was my experience. And obviously, you know, I pushed past that a little bit, but it's like um, us staying in that struggle and not giving up, like that's, that's ministry to Jesus. That's saying, Lord, I, I want to hear your voice so bad, I'm going to put up with all this stuff that comes up with my heart and really unpleasant stuff. 
that's, that's part of our, our love offering to Jesus is that we stay in all of that hot mess, which is zero, zero fun at all. Well, this next one, uh, final one, is uh, calming our souls on the Lord. Just this, this, this concept of uh, Psalm 131. It says, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a, a child and his a weaned child and his mother is my soul within me. So this listening to the Lord, we learn to, to bring all of the storms, external and all the internal stuff and soul traffic, we learn to, to be still, to just cast our cares on the Lord. And that's, that's ministry that we would trust him enough, that we would love him enough to, to be able to uh, let him calm the storms in us. Okay, this next piece, um, ministry of intercession. Um, I'll just go through this one kind of quickly, but uh, the main point here is that, yes, intercession is the primary vehicle, I would say, of how God gets stuff done in his kingdom. He reveals his will through the Bible um, to us, and we pray, and God does the wildest things. Yes, that's true. That's definitely part of it. But intercession is more than just a transaction of we pray, God moves. It's more than just getting stuff done. God sees intercession as ministry, the ministry of intercession. Um, for starters, you know, um, prayer, you know, praying over here on the microphone, this podium is normally over there, um, but it's like praying on the microphone uh, or, you know, praying in a prayer room, weak prayers, again, when we're, we're tired and we've already had a cup of coffee, but it just didn't work. And so we're still just feeling that and we're feeling weak and we're, in our heart, we have good things to say, but when we, we open our mouth, it just comes out as Blah, gibberish and we're like man this is weak like God sees that as 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 ministry to him he sees he sees intercession as um us saying yes to the most foolish thing ever he's like how do you want to make impact uh how do you want to ch- transform the world and get souls saved like okay go in a room and pray it's like that makes zero sense logically like no, what? Uh, but it's like that's the, the foolish things of the kingdom is he's like, I'm going to make, I'm going to tell my people to pray and then I'm going to do all sorts of crazy stuff. And so us signing up for the, the foolishness, so to speak, of intercession is we have to, it requires faith that we believe that in that coffee moment, weakness, gibber, gibberish coming out of our mouth, that, that actually does stuff. That requires a lot of faith. And for us to stay there in that is, is a ministry to Jesus that we're saying, Lord, you said that prayer does stuff. Right now, I don't really know if I believe that, but you said it does, so I'm just going to keep doing it. That's faith. And the good news is, uh, Hebrews 11, this is um, letter uh, C, Hebrews 11 tells us that without faith, it's poss- impossible to please him. But whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who diligently seek him. So faith is pleasing to God. So as we pray our weak, broken prayers, it's, it's ministry to Jesus, again, because we're, we're believing that it actually does something. And then uh, the last point I'll make on inter- the ministry of intercession is that we get to, um, it's so pleasing to the Lord that we, when we pray until, when we, we do the Matthew 7, we're asking and seeking and knocking, we're, we're doing the, you know, get up and give me bread, we're, we're, not, we're not stopping until the, the, Lord, the, the answer comes. Like that, that's pleasing to the Lord that he's, he sees that tenacity, that relentless, like, you know, stirring in us that we see, God, you want to do that. That thing is not happening yet. So I'm just going to keep praying until that happens and I'm not going to let go. Like, that, that, that moves the heart of the Lord. Again, more than that, just accomplishing something. It, it, like the Lord sees the yes in our heart to, you know, sometimes years and years and years 
you know, praying for the Pharisees and others, praying for Roe v. Wade and Bryce and others. There's a lot of you have done the ending of abortion set over the years, but like all those prayers that when nothing was happening, um, it's not just about the answer. It's about that history, the backlog of so many prayers prayed in faith that moves his heart. It's ministry unto him. Okay, ministry from the Psalms. So if you didn't know this, the book of Psalms, um, uh, not every psalm, but a lot of them were actually written in the house of prayer of David, uh, David's day, um, written in the house of prayer for the house of prayer. So um, it gives us a glimpse, among other things, it gives us a glimpse of how did they see ministry, what did ministry to God look like, and what lessons can we learn? So that's the point of this Roman numeral, just looking, zooming in some more specifically from the Psalms. What does ministry to God look like from, oh yeah, David, the man after God's own heart? He probably knows a thing or two. And so we want to kind of peer into his uh, understanding, you know, reading his journal, so to speak, of what ministry looks like to God. This first part, um, and this is the one that Christy was singing when I was typing it, I was like, it's fun. Uh, Psalm 100, I'll read it for you, verse 1 through 3. says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, and we are his people, sheep of his pasture. So just that phrase there, um, we serve the Lord with gladness. So the ministry of the Psalms, they um, gives us the perspective that those guys and us today, it's not you know rigidly or you know begrudgingly that we're like ah I gotta come into the house of prayer, I gotta minister to God. Ah, I wish I would just be at home, you know, doing whatever. It's like no, they it's this this concept that it's our joy to minister to God. We serve Him with with gladness, even when when it's weak and we don't feel God in the way that we want, and we have that the hope deferred thing. Like even in those moments, like. We, we, we can serve him with gladness. We can bring our hearts before him with gladness. The next one, um, remembering all he's done for us. So the Psalms, again, like this, this theme is recounted over and over and over again in the Psalms. It's this concept of, of remember the works of the Lord, meditate on them, and then as you meditate on them, you're going to be like freshly amazed at how amazing God is, and then sing songs of thanksgiving. That's like, oh my gosh, you know, you parted the Red Sea and you delivered us and that was amazing. Oh my gosh, you know, I was a sinner and then, you know, forgetting out the benefit, benefits, like you forgive me of my iniquity, like thank you. And so we, we just see this, the, the part of ministry to God is, uh, is thanksgiving, is remembering all of the works of the Lord and then singing them to him in thanks. So I gave you a whole bunch of verses there. Um, we'll just read... Uh, I don't really want to pick, but I'll, I'll read Psalm 9. Uh, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So part of ministry to Jesus is that just remember, and even personalizing it is, what did, how did the Lord get you saved? How did he get you to this prayer room? You're, how did he get you like excited about God and envisioned and like, the financial testimonies, and just you're, you're recounting his goodness, remembering his, the things he's done for you in your life, or the things you heard, uh, a miracle testimony from a friend that you heard that week. Like we're, we're celebrating, Lord. We're ministering to the Lord by bringing to remembrance, by, by not just something happens and we forget about it, but, but intentionally moving our heart in the past and remembering all the wonderful works that the Lord has done. 
So a great way to do that is um, just revisiting those journal entries, those of you who journal, just looking at them and just letting your heart go back to those uh, moments of the Lord doing amazing things. Um, Psalm 50, 23 says, The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. So God's like, that. when you say thanks to me, it, it glorifies me. It brings honor to me. It gets me all mushy-gushy excited too. He loves that. He loves a thankful heart. There's a million other verses about thanksgiving. Okay, delighting in him above all. This is a fun one. So did you know that us delighting in God is actually a form of ministry to God? Okay, I'll explain it. It's kind of an interesting thought, but delighting in God, obviously we get ministered to. Lord, you're amazing. Your love is, your steadfast love is better than life. When we encounter that, it gets our heart all excited. Um, and I want more of that. But it, it's also a ministry to God. And I'll tell you why here. Um, John Piper, uh, his statement, it's hard to beat this statement by, by John Piper. He said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Ooh, I'm going to say it again. God is most glorified. He's most honored when we are most satisfied in him. So what is interpretation? So when we choose, I'm not going to be satisfied by the things of this world. I'm going to bring my, my cold and dull heart and put it before your love, God. I'm going to be here. I'm going to fight to delight myself in you. It's like that, that glorifies God. Like he's most glorified when his people, when we're most satisfied in him. So actually us learning to delight in the Lord is actually, it's actually like he's, he gets all excited. He's like, you are, you're choosing to let me satisfy you. It's so much easier if you would do, I'm not bashing Netflix. I have Netflix, but it's so much easier to go and take pleasure in Netflix or food. Um, but it's like, if you, sometimes you say no to those things and you come and delight in me, like the Lord's like, that's, that's ministry to me. That, that moves my heart that you choose to reach for me in that way. So delighting in him is actually a form of ministry. And that, again, that John Piper phrase is, that's a good one. Um, okay, so just, yeah, Psalm 36 here. This is just a little bit of what does it look like to delight ourselves in the Lord? I just love this verse. It says, how precious is your steadfast love, the children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house and give you give them to drink from the river of your delights. The next one, <clears throat> hoping in his love. So again, uh, uh, this is another one that's interesting. So abiding in his love, again, Jesus, you really, really, really love me. When that touches our heart, that's amazing. But also when we, when we receive his love and we get, we let our heart just camp out there. It's actually, again, a form of ministry to him. This is Psalm 147, um, 11. So I, like, like being in a prayer room and up here and saying, Lord, let me feel your love. Let me encounter you. It's, it's not at all selfish. It's, it's actually a form of ministering, saying, Lord, like I believe that you, like I want to experience, you say you really, really, really like me. Like show me as my, as my bridegroom, as my husband, like let me feel that. I, I, I don't want your affections to go you know, if someone, if someone, you know, husband prepares this elaborate gift for their wife and, like, never gets to deliver it or, like, he puts all together this thing and then somehow it falls apart, like, there's a little bit of ache in his heart. He's like, I want to share this incredible gift with my wife. I didn't get a chance to. So part of us delighting in Jesus' love is we're receiving his gift. And, again, that's ministry to him because then he's like, you know, it's more blessed to give than receive. And so God's like, I get to give, and now they're receiving, and now they're undone, and I'm undone. And so it's just this beautiful, like, 
tornado of, of love when we receive. And so I'll just read the verse and then I'll stop rambling. Psalm 147 says, But the Lord takes pleasure, or you could say the Lord is ministered to, um, by those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. So those who hope, those who cling to the fact that, they, that God loves them, it says that the Lord takes pleasure in that. And so again, abiding in his love, it's not just for us. It's actually, um, you know, Jesus exhorts us in John um, 15, says, abide in my love. So us doing that is a form of, of ministry to him. Okay, singing his promises. I'll go through this one quick. Um, uh, it's a form of ministry, yeah, in the Psalms, just singing his, when we enter in and we see Bible verses that haven't happened yet, um, when we engage in our heart in the story, we sing the future, we sing the prophetic material in the Bible, that's ministry to God. It moves his heart. Um, it's like, from, from his perspective, it's we're engaging faith, we're, we're getting our hearts, you know, in, wrapped up in eternity and this, this awesome complex story that the Lord is doing. Um, so just one example of this is Psalm 146. Um, the psalmist here, he's saying the Lord will reign forever. So this is future, hasn't happened yet. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, period, praise the Lord. And so the psalmist is saying this is going to happen and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise you for that. I'm going to enter my heart into that ministry of, of um just singing your story and getting the story in my heart and on my lips. That's ministry to the Lord. Okay, so this last uh, Roman numeral here, and we'll wrap up in just a few minutes. Um, this is kind of the, the pastoral side or the pastoral parting. Therefore, let's encourage your heart. Um, so these are just helpful perspectives. Again, not an exhaustive list, but on the journey of ministry to Jesus, I told you there's a lot of difficulties and things that want to pull us from that. And so these... Uh, perspectives here are just things that help uh, tether our hearts to let's never ever stop ministering to Jesus. These are important truths that that really sustain our hearts. And so this is the song that Iana was singing. We get to move his heart. This is Psalm uh, 69. It says, I will praise the name of my God. Sorry, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns or hoofs. So he's saying, I will, do, I will sing, I will praise him, I will minister to him because it pleases him. And so just the, just the it's important that when we come and try to minister to God, we, we know that we like move his heart, that the God, the uncreated God who has everything is moved by our weak prayers. It's just, it's just like that, this is the single most, I think, like important if we set our heart to ministry with Jesus, we have to know it matters to him. We have to know our, our prayers, you know, from the stage or in the room or in the car. It's, it doesn't just go up to our car roof and bounce back. Like, it, it actually is there before him. It, like it, it reaches his heart, and it causes him to feel things, and it moves him, and it, like, tenderizes him. It causes him to go, oh, like, Tom's praising me again. Like, oh, gosh, stop, you know, I can't today. It's like, like you overwhelm me. Um, like, like to know that we move God's heart, we have to remind ourselves again and again and again, because this is true. And a lot of times we, we have accusation against that. Like we don't believe that, but I promise you it's true. And this is another verse, Proverbs 15, 8. It says, the prayer of the upright is his delight. Prayer. So just again, when we don't feel, when we're praising and we feel disconnected, we say, no, Lord, 
though I don't feel you right now, like I declare the truth that my prayer, you said it's, it brings you delight. It's a fragrance to you. So we just, we just got to, this is one of the ways we fight spiritual warfare is we take truths and we declare them that I, we do move the heart of God. How he sees the room. So again, as a community setting our heart to minister to God, we remind ourselves that there's a lot of lost people on the earth. There's a lot of people that don't care about Jesus at all. And so when God, it says this, you know, 2 Chronicles 9, his, his eyes are searching to and fro the earth. He's looking for a heart who's loyal to him. Like, he's looking and he's doing a lot of searching. And so like, when the Lord's eyes fall upon TPR and he sees 22 hours a day, we're weak, but we're, we're trying, we're reaching for God. Like, like that, that moves his heart. Like he, when he finds a place that is, is, is ministering to him as our first, our top priority, that, you know, we don't care. I mean, we, um, I won't go down that tangent, but we, our top priority is ministering to God. Like that, that moves his heart. And so we got to remind ourselves that, that how precious this room is, though it feels, feels small, feels weak, that, like, this is one of the Lord's favorite places in the earth. Like, he probably likes it better than the Grand Canyon. I know he's weird, but he, like, he probably sees this little Pantigo, Texas prayer room um, probably cooler than the Grand Canyon because he's like, there's people there that are ministering to me, that are caring about me. So he loves this place. Okay, let's go to letter D. We'll wrap up here. Um, this is great news. This is one of the most liberating things. <laughs> um, feeling God is not a requirement. So on the times that we don't feel it, God is feeling it. Every single time we reach for the Lord, when we don't feel it, I promise you, God is feeling it. So I want to feel God. I want to minister up here and have my heart alive and connected and flowing and loving. And I want that every single day, all the time. Praise God, eternity, that's what it's going to be like. But um, that's not my regular experience all the time. But, but God's heart, every single time you reach for the Lord, every single time he's feeling, he's feeling it. So when you're not, God is. And that's true. Um, and so that, I think that's just a, a, a giant yoke off of our, like we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling distracted, therefore God doesn't like me. I'm feeling, I don't really want to be here, but I'm trying, but I don't want to be here, so God must feel ashamed of that. Like, like, no, every single time you're reaching, you can't help what state you walk in this room at, but you can help you reach. And every time you reach for the Lord, no matter what's going on, he feels it. He loves it. And again, like, truth that will sustain our hearts for years and years and years. You, I promise you, um, if you're in a season of your life where you're feeling God all the time, um, just enjoy that and pray for the rest of us because there's seasons, man, and um, eventually... That won't be your daily experience, but like, but like, we will have times where we absolutely don't, don't feel God, and so it's just it's strengthening to encourage our hearts that every single moment we give Him our gaze, He loves that. It's, it moves His heart. <clears throat> and then finally, um, not quitting when we're weak. Um, so this is, um, you know, uh, we've said this before around here, but the fact that we get to offer weakness. That's only in this life. So in eternity, when we have resurrected body, when our minds are resurrected, when we're never tired, we're never distracted, we're never selfish, we're never hard things are just not, every tear is wiped away. Like we don't, we can't offer God weakness when everything is perfect. And I'm looking forward to that perfection, but it gives a little bit of like gratitude that now 
2023 in our weakness, this is the only time in this life where we get to offer God weakness, where we get to choose to reach for him when it's hard. And so just don't take that lightly. Um, again, I look forward to eternity and not being weak, but also take for granted that like, this is the only time we'll ever get to offer you weakness. And we're just going to stay in it, though it feels so weak and the coffee's not working. We get to stay in it. Okay. Okay, so uh, worship leader, you can come on up. I'll just wrap up with this. Um, you know, people say hindsight is twenty twenty, and when we stand before the Lord, like, we're going to be shocked at how much our weak love really moves him. Like, we, we get that a little bit. We see in part tiny, tiny bit now, but when we stand before him, we're just going to be totally blown away by, you know, that Song of Solomon verse, you know, one glance of your eye has overwhelmed me. Like, that's actually real. And so just when we stand before him, we're just going to be just so moved by that. And then my, my parting exhortation is, you know, Second uh, Corinthians 5 says that every man must appear before the judgment seat of God. So we receive what is due, whether good or bad, good or evil. Um, every one of us is going to stand before the Lord. And um, my exhortation is let's be a community that when we stand before the Lord, that it's said of us that we didn't just have a reputation of being a house of prayer or being priests or being the radical ones, like that we actually ministered to Jesus, that we actually signed up our hearts again a million times to keep coming back to this most important, most central mandate of this house to minister to Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm jealous for us that when we stand before him and everything that is is everything is bare, everything is seen by him, that the assessment would be TPR and everyone involved, that you guys did it. You actually ministered to me through every season. And you made much of me. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.